which European leader was once attacked by rabbits is the question that I will answer by the end of this show. what to call you guys yet but just welcome in it <laughs> and if you are a returning listener or watcher now we've got this youtube video thing going on um welcome back to the fold and i'm th- thankful that you came back that those were the words that i wanted to say but <laughs> i'm happy that you, you you've returned and come back for more knowledge and finding out about interesting random topics that I decide to research (laughs) and as I researched and I'm thinking whoa this is interesting more people should know about this so I share it in my podcast that I call the more you know Mondays which is what you're watching or listening to right now but without further ado let's go into the Monday affirmations for this week as I said before I do that every week in the form of a quote and this week this quote is by, um, why about I just get it up on my computer, Rick Warner. And the quote goes like this. Remember, remember how far you've come, not just how far you have to go. You are not where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. And I really like that quote just because it's kind of inspirational in the fact of thinking more again about your mindset. A lot of the time you think, oh no, other people might say to you, oh, you've come so far and you'll be thinking, have I? But I've still got like so far to go. But in that whole concept, it's like, yeah, you've got, you may have so far to go, but you're further than you were maybe a couple of months ago or the day before or maybe a year ago. So it's something about your mindset that you have to, I guess, change into believing in yourself more in that every day or every month that you work at something, you make small changes. And although they aren't noticeable changes on the surface always, they may be changes that are made um, in you. (laughs) That sounds wrong, but I mean like within you. That's in you. (laughs) I mean within you. So in the sense of your mental outlook, how you approach a situation. It may be different because your thinking may be different. And as I said, it's not a surface change that you might see, but it's a within change internally that will possibly be for the better. And I always find that, you know, you look at things with, a glass half full kind of situation. Well, where some people might look at that is, oh, well, it's it's half full. Mm, Maybe it's half empty. And it's definitely half full because, you know, I can always refill it with more. Um, By looking at it as half empty, you're looking at it as as if it's about to finish. And, you know, with most things, unless it's coming to an end and it needs to come to an end, maybe it doesn't need to finish. Maybe we just need to top it up again and just 
drink some more because if the kool-aid is good enough now why not <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say um but it's i guess it all comes down to decisions that you make about your outlook and it, i don't i'm not the type of person to try and tell you what to do but maybe it's something to think about if you ever find yourself in a situation of ah oh, damn I've done so much, but it feels like I haven't done anything at all. Well, maybe the reason why it doesn't feel like that is because it's some, not something that you can imminently see. Like when I have this saying or this mantra that I live by that everything happens for a reason. And I believe in that only in the sense of everything does happen for a reason. And it may not be a reason that you see straight away, but it might be maybe a year down the line, it could be five years down the line, it could be maybe the next day, but some point in the future after this thing happens, you'll kind of see the reasons as to why they may have happened. And you'll, you'll figure out your own, I don't want to call it, um, what is the word? Um, your own uh, damn, this word is on the tip of my head and the tip of my brain. I should just really just stop this and like look it up, but I don't even know what word to look up. And then the more I speak about it, it's gone. So <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say. But anyway, what I think that you should take away from this quote is that look at a situation with a glass half full. If you feel like you're working hard at something and you're not seeing any noticeable changes. Maybe the changes aren't noticeable for you to see right now. Maybe it's something that you're going to see the more you put the work in, the more you continue to work at that certain thing or subject or topic or um, writing piece or creative idea that you're working on. So... And I see this more so thinking about what I have been researching over the last week um, with Hatari, Hatari, <laughs> and it kind of just makes me feel like, yeah, you, you may not be where you where you want to be, but you're further than you were before. So that's that's an achievement at the end of the day. So sometimes it's not always the big things that you need to look for. Sometimes it sometimes be thankful for the little things you know and with that i will call that my monday affirmations and i hope that you take some sort of um, motivation or inspiration from the quote if not from what i've said and with that we'll move on to the topic at hand which this week as I stated at the top of the show, will be Atari. Now, I was speaking to one of my good friends before recording this about how I was going to talk about Atari this week. And she was like, um, before I just say she, shout out to uh, Split Mind Poet. Um, so yeah, she was saying, I don't, I don't know what Atari is. And I was like, listen, as you already posted in your story, if you don't know, get to know. And the more you know, Mondays with Corey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so where do we start with Atari? Now, I found it interesting looking into Atari because they had an amazing rise and then they had a fall. And now at the moment, it seems like they're having some sort of rise again, which is interesting. But let's start to see where it all started. So the company Atari Incorporated was founded in 1972. And it was founded by Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabb. Uh, Ted Dabney <laughs> and these guys are basically responsible for forming the video arcade and modern video game industry 
which is kind of crazy when you think about it as the world that we currently live in is a world where the video game industry is one of the biggest uh, entertainment industries currently out there (laughs) and we live in this world where computer games were kind of ostracized in society seen demonized they're still demonized nowadays but they were kind of seen as this this lazy thing i don't know i don't know what it is but they, they've gone from kind of being the underdogs in the entertainment industry to now being the forefront and the the front runners um if you think about gaming nowadays um, you think of like the big boys like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, but there's not much that I think people know about Atari other than maybe the the cult followers from the people that grew up in the era of the of, of Atari and like in the 1970s and 1980s and this exciting new uh, arcade gaming uh, thing that had popped up. But before we get to 1972, I think we need to start with back. Let's go back to a baby. Back to 1968. So around this time was when the electrical engineer graduate, Nolan Bushnell, had become an employee at this American electronics company, called Ampex and he worked alongside Ted Dabney now the two found this common interest and became friends and their Nolan Bushnell had this idea he had this idea for a a gaming pizza parlor and he shared this idea with Ted Dabney and in sharing the idea, they got to work. They started developing this concept for a standalone computer system that could have a coin slot so people could play the games. And that's how they could get the money from the machines, which is a brilliant idea. No one had thought of it before. So to, cre- to create a game for this console they started a partnership with a company called Sinzigi Engineering and each person um, both Nolan Bushnell and Ted Dabney they put $250 of their own money into support this idea that they had to create this gaming pizza parlor so while they had started making this bush uh, nolan bushnell he had seen this game on a gaming system at the computer labs at stanford artificial intelligence laboratory And they were working on this game called Space War. Now, the interesting thing about Space War, or the interesting thing that I find about Space War, is that Space War is the first known video game to be played at a multitude computer, at multitude, sorry, at multiple computer installations, which means it was basically the very first known multiplayer game. So this multiplayer game was a a game that was designed and programmed by Steve Russell um, in collaboration with um, a few other developers. This new type of game, multiplayer game, was developed for this newly created microcomputer which goes by the name of DEC PDP1 now Nolan B- 
Bush now took Ted Dabney to the university to show him this computer, Space War. And the cool thing about Space War is kind of it, it was it's directly in, it's the direct inspiration for a game that most people would look at because like when I was looking at it, I was like, this basically looks like Asteroid. And as I started doing more research, it's the direct inspiration for Asteroid. But the first game that um, the founders of Atari started work on was a game called Computer Space. And this game was basically Asteroid before it was Asteroid. I guess, to me, it feels like computer space was the initial idea and then they took it back to the drawing board and they re- rebranded it and recreate redesigned it and came out with asteroid so yeah computer sp- computer space was nolan and ted's first game so they come with this game console that they develop into an arcade machine. And it was a new idea. So they weren't really too sure about how it was going to take off a prop- properly. But they worked with this manufacture company on the game called Notting Manufactured. Um, called Notting, sorry. And they engineered and marketed and brought this game out commercially. But the unfortunate side is that computer science, computer science, computer space didn't fare too well. Um, it really was ended up being a difficult product to sell, and it just wasn't very good. Well, not that it wasn't very good; it wasn't very marketable. Um, people, a lot of people, not a lot of people playing the game, the reviews were that it was too complex for them to play, which is why I feel like they took it back to the drawing board and created Asteroid, which was, I guess, a simpler version of computer space. So they go back to the drawing board. They're not working with nothing anymore because nothing was just like, well, guys, you, you created this for this game console this arcade machine um we put it up in our stores but people aren't enjoying it so i understand you're going to probably work on something new but you know we don't want to be a part of it which is when they started seeking out new kind of partners outside of nothing um which is when they first established working on or with the company synergy sin sin sis sis sorry i can't say this word sis i'm gonna put it up on the screen for my video watchers it'll be on the screen in it I can't say it very well, <laughs> but it's Syzygy. Syzygy, I think it says. So <laughs> they formed this partnership with Syzygy instead. Now, this is where it starts to get exciting. In 1972 is when they founded the company for Atari. Now, Atari. Why Atari? Now, the interesting thing about the name of Atari is that the name comes from a Japanese game by the name of Go. And I think I know the game. Oh, no, I don't know this game at all. <laughs> um, damn, where did it go? <laughs> go, where did it go? It's because I clicked on it and closed it. <laughs> so... Go was Nolan Bushnell's favorite game and it's basically a Japanese game which involves um, black and white I guess checkers from what the pictures look like 
and Atari is in that game their version of Checkmate, I guess. So they wanted to call the company, also they named the company after the Japanese Checkmate move to the game Go. <laughs> Also, another thing that I need to go back in looking back over my notes is saying that Synergy, the company that I said was manufacturing Atari, that's wrong. So Synergy, uh, the name that I'm going to put up on the screen right here or something, is like, that was Synergy Incorporated, I think it was, or Synergy Engineering, or Sinji, it was actually just called Sinji. Sinji, that was the name of Atari before it was Atari. Now, when they were trying to officially name the company, they found out that in the state of California, the name Sinji was already used for the name of a company, so they couldn't use that name, so that's why they decided to go with Atari because yeah <laughs> and we we've got to the bottom of that and cleared up that so not that I was sharing spreading misinformation before but I was reading back over my notes and realized what I was actually saying was wrong so the company that manufactured the newer machines was called the bat was called bally manufacturing and this is where I think it gets really interesting for me is that Pong is Atari's very first game. Pong comes from a kind of a recreation, I guess, of the game, the very first game console or very first home game console that came out around 1972. So this game console was called the Magnav, Magnavox Odyssey. And it's the very first home video game console, which I'll probably do an episode on in the future. So they had this game on, in their package as they were first coming out. They had some sort of tennis game. So Bushnell, Nolan Bushnell, he saw this game being demonstrated this tennis type game being demonstrated on the magnov mag magnovus oxus odyssey <laughs> oxus you know because the the vox got me confused <laughs> and this tennis game was basically a simple tennis game that became kind of the direct inspiration for pong and now if you think of pong pong is just basically that game where there is like a, a a pad here and only if you're watching the video you'll know what i'm talking about the pad here and then there's a pad here and then there's like a line in the middle and then like each control each person controls each pad and there's like that ball so the ball will like go through the line and hit this pad and then on the other side you would have to try and knock that back to the other side and the aim of the game is to kind of kind of knock it into the void area so that the other person get, doesn't able isn't able to hit it back so it's basically tennis you know uh, if it goes out then the other person scores a point but this was the breakout game to breakout arcade game to be come out on the very first atari now in the team that engineered this game uh was someone that we're all familiar of a, a guy by the name of steve jobs was part of the team making pong and we know steve jobs who future became futurely became one of the founders of apple coincidentally another one of the founders of apple steve wozniak's um he was also an employee at atari he was one of the designers for their 
breakout game. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to say breakout game, but their game, yeah, their breakout game, their game called Breakout is what I mean. <laughs> their arcade game called Breakout, and he, Steve Wozniak, was one of the designers in this game. Now, for anyone that doesn't know what Breakout might be. Breakout is basically everyone's probably played a version of Breakout on like their phone, but Breakout again is basically like so you've got the pads at the bottom and then you've got the blocks at the top, and then you've got to knock that ball on your pad and destroy the blocks on the top, and yeah, if the ball goes out, then you lose a life, and yeah, Breakout the very first the the original game of that that everyone plays on their mobile phone, they play a version of it, I play a version of it on my phone, um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, and apparently, that was the stars of Apple, so it's, it's kind of interesting for me, and kind of cool, being a, an Apple consumer, uh, not just the fruit, but I mean, the phones, the computer, um, that's all the Apple stuff I have, phone the computer i had an ipod back in the day man i I champion apple i'm not an android (laughs) um but yeah so if it wasn't for atari maybe we wouldn't have apple so atari are quite important guys so that's why you should know more about them it's like um it's like finding out uh I can't think of a cool scenario. Like the, I was going to say like the Avengers before they were in the Avengers, that would be a cool, that would be cool to watch as as a film. Like watching like, I don't know, like kid version, like kind of like X-Men. Like when you see, um, what's it called? You see like the Wolverine movie, like, so you see, like, what it was like before Wolverine, and he had, like, the bones, and then when he gets, like, the metal, like, like a, uh, what's, what, origin story? Uh, yeah, like, origin stories are interesting. So, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting, finding out that two of the co- two, two of the founders of Apple both started working at Atari, and another interesting fact that I, I found through my research is that from after they were working on a few products with uh, uh, after they were working on a few products with um, Atari, that's when Steve Wozniak's and Steve Jobs broke out and created the Apple II. Another interesting fact is um, they offered um the apple II to um atari as so atari could possibly manufacture it and unfortunately atari turned them down which might have been one of the worst ideas that atari made imagine like atari had decided to be like, do you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we'll help invest. We'll, we'll manufacture this. It could have been like Atari could have been part of Apple. Anyway, um, so yeah, they broke away. The rest is really history. Um, I'll probably do another episode on the Apple II and that kind of origin story. But these origin stories about like tech geniuses, it's kind of interesting because it's like, it's the or is like the origin stories of all of the things that we use today. So that's why I kind of find it interesting. And Pong is Pong is kind of like it was an instant hit. Like like how do I ex- like like I don't know. It was an instant hit. Like people loved Pong. And it flew off the shelves, these arcade machines, wherever it was in these busy locations. People love playing it. And this was the start of Atari's rise to success. Like, they became one of the fastest growing companies in US history, which is kind of crazy because 
for me, when I read these numbers, it, it was like they, in 1977, they went from an annual revenue of $75 million a year to three years later having an annual revenue of $2 billion a year. Like, that, think, look at, I'm blown away just about the numbers. That's like, they earned, um, quick maths would be 815, yeah, 815, or is that, no, would that be 915? maybe 915 million dollars they they made more no no not even nine because that'd be only me a billion <laughs> like it's like one point they, damn it they made like a whole billion <laughs> i don't know how they that's crazy but like if you look at their crazy growth you can see why the video game industry the modern video game industry as it is like now is it's booming because this is this is the growth when a game comes out and it strikes gold it, it's gold you know it's out and the, the reason why it was gold it was like imagine these machines they were 25 cents a pop so you you could put 25 cents in um which i assume in american money is a quarter um and you put a quarter in a machine and you could play the game a quarter isn't a dollar i don't know how american money works i don't know it's like a, a, is a quarter like 25p um uh, I, I guess I, I don't like i said even when i went to america money never made no sense to me <laughs> they're just bare extra coins um and i don't know they would i work on whole numbers out there man so it makes sense like a quarter i don't know but yeah 25 cents you put that in i don't know if is 25 cents even a quarter are they the same thing uh who knows <laughs> so yeah 25 cents you put it in the machine you could play a game pong the problem was that again after installing this machine in one location they got cooled down and they thought it was because the machine was broken and they found out no the machine wasn't broken it was just the coin slot where people put the coins in that part was broken because so many people were putting so many coins in to play this game a hit like even even the numbers it was making so like pong in busy locations would earn more than 300 dollars a week and that was a huge increase because the typical games that they would have in like um like bars and stuff like that would usually be pinball and pinball was only generating about $50 a week so those two that was that was crazy extension um from there and then atari eventually sold more than 8000 pong machines at the time when it was released and that was way more than what the pinball machines were um shifting at that time which was only probably about 2500 units which is how you can see how pong flooded everyone everyone couldn't get enough of atari's pong so which is crazy from the, the start you would think well, wow, they they had such a boom. Like, why did they crash? And I found that to be, like, kind of both interesting and, like, kind of disheartening. Obviously for them, because, like, they, they built up so much. They've done so much. They created the founders of Apple. <laughs> um, so... There's a lot about this that I'm skipping over to do the crash now. Um, but if you're interested, do your due diligence and research. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you everything because what would be the point of me uh, giving you some of the information about a topic? If I give you everything, you you wouldn't have anything to look up or anything to find yourself. Um, but yeah, 
So the crash. So the crash came with the video game industry changing. Now, around the time of the crash was probably 1983. And this was, I don't know, like the company had been around for about 10 years. And they were winning. They were high flying for 10 years. But then, you know, there's always a little change that switches things up. And then it's just about how the surrounding companies move with the flex and the curves. Um, But unfortunately for Atari, at the time, they were, I guess, kind of being blindsided by all of the cancellations of orders that they were starting to have from distributors. Now, this was around the time when, you know, other companies, their competitors, were creating newer, more exciting machines, creating newer, more exciting games. And, you know, a lot of Atari's rivals had better games than the Atari systems currently had, which is, I guess, the main thing which kind of brought their downfall. So, you see, in 1981 before the game video game crash that they had atari acquired the licenses for raiders of the lost ark and then also the license for the blockbuster film et the extraterrestrial um which released in june 1982 Now, they had the rights to make the video games for both games. Video game, video, to make the video game version of both movies. And they were going to make these games to be released for the holiday season of 1982. Now, where the problem came, from what I found, which was so savage from reading it, is that like not many people bought the game and the problem is is because they were having so many cancellations from their distributors the distributors that were around still around selling atari consoles and games um they basically ended up having more in storage then they ended up actually selling. So they, I think they ended, they made about 5 million copies that they produced and only sold 1.5 million. And then to add insult to injury, the get the ET game that they brought out has been critically and be, uh, sorry, critic uh, was so. I'll get these words up. Um, so the ET game that they created has become known as one of the worst games ever made in history, which is savage. You know, can you imagine? Like you're up you're up you're in your heyday they were getting like they were they had a port for donkey kong the game that was famously made by nintendo and they had acquired a license for that um and you know they were porting games and they were they were working hand in hand in companies but started around the the release of the atari 2600 and just because a lot of the competitors had better games, you know, like I said before, and having the worst game ever made that released in 1982, and then you have a video game crash with all these other competitors coming out that just so have better games. And, you know, the audience 
will only, I guess, for a while, while Atari were in their heyday, there wasn't nothing, anyth- there wasn't anything else out there that could match them. But once the market kind of opened up and there was more competition that was kind of, I guess, feeding to different audiences, Atari could no longer compete. So they they were just losing money, I guess. They, they made games that didn't sell, that couldn't sell because the distributors had already cancelled their, their, their orders with them. So they had no one to sell to other than the distributors that had still hung on. They went from making $2 billion a year to having share prices that were falling out. Like, I think, uh, where did it say about the share prices? Yeah, it says their share prices, they lost like over $100 million in profit in the same quarter of 1982 when they made the worst game ever. Not to mention their fallout that they had with Nintendo, which cost them Donkey Kong. Uh, they had a working relationship with Nintendo, which ended up falling to the side with Nintendo dropping out and them losing the rights to Donkey Kong. So, by the this financial problem continued throughout the rest of 1938 with the second quarter them losing $310 million. Like, that's crazy. They lost a lot of money in a very short time. And... Well, I say short time. I say short in the sense of they were only winning for about 10 years before they saw the video game crash of so many consoles or competitive consoles coming out with unfortunate for the time, but I guess better game designers and creating better games. Um, And unfortunately, that was the downfall for the Atari company and why like they're not seen in so much in the forefront of gaming right now. They have just released um, the Atari retro. They just released a new console. What, what is it called? <laughs> um, the Atari VSC VCS um, is a new kind of, console computer hybrid um i watched like a video of the game being unboxed the console being unboxed and everything it's an interesting console but i mean the only downside i saw about it is that you you have to buy the console and a controller separately so like i think the console comes up to about like say say maybe about three hundred dollars and then the controller would be sixty dollars so for you to get the console and be able to play it was it's still going to cost you about three hundred and sixty dollars which is like in the realms of the the next gen consoles that just kind of come out like the lowest brand of i think playstation and Xbox are around $350. Um, so, I don't know. Man. It's for retro gaming, I guess, and to play Atari's classics. Um, and it also runs Windows and Linux, I believe, as well, which is pretty cool. So you can emulate games maybe on there as well. Um, but... They have also, another interesting thing that Atari are doing at this moment in time is that they have started working on a 
new type of game, gaming experience. So they they believe that blockchain technology is poised to be very important in the transformation of the current economic ecosystem. But they also believe that it's especially to be interesting and important in the video game world and in many aspects, the digital entertainment industry. So they've been working on a platform based on blockchain technology, which will have its own cryptocurrency, which they've called Atari token. Um, And it will work somewhat in tandem with the... Atari Casino. But that's really kind of interesting because it, it, after, you know, falling down this kind of rabbit hole and losing so much, they've still managed to be around and be relevant. Another interesting thing about Atari, like they own the license to uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, so any new roller coaster tycoon games like they're in in cahoots in partnership in making that so that's kind of cool but atari are a very interesting company and i believe that people should definitely be on the lookout for what atari are doing with the blockchain uh, their blockchain technology um, and I will do another episode on solely that because we've gone through a lot in this episode and also not that much at the same time so <laughs> there's so much that happened within Atari and so much that they've done but I feel like I've mentioned a, ni- a nice brief brushstroke of what they've done the rise, the fall, and how they may be re-rising in a new type of gaming industry that not many of the forefront in big game companies have maybe looked into as of yet. So when this becomes a new type of gaming industry, Atari will be in the front running of all that so that's really exciting and really interesting for me um but yeah we'll call that the end of atari for now um and we will go on to answering the question that i posed at the top of the question (laughs) the top of this the show the top of the show that's how i know it's getting to the end of the show (laughs) because my brain starts (laughs) so I said, which European leader has recently, has recently, (laughs) which European leader has, was once attacked by rabbits? And the answer for anyone that doesn't already know is Napoleon Bonaparte. Now, he was one of the most powerful men in European history. Um, but (laughs) that's why I kind of find it so hilarious that he was once attacked by rabbits. Um, to be exact, he was attacked by a thousand rabbits (laughs) and the story is pretty funny. So it goes like this, um, Napoleon's chief of staff had organized a rabbit hunt to celebrate, um, a victory, a military victory. So he brought a thousand rabbits that he put in cages and the idea was to set them loose and they were going to have a rabbit hunt, like I said. (laughs) And unfortunately, this plan kind of backfired on them. When they set loose the rabbits, the rabbits weren't having any of it and they instead of running away when they were set loose they turned and attacked everyone who was involved in the rabbit hunt including napoleon um so the great emperor had to 
clamber away to safety to his carriage while he was swarmed by a thousand angry rabbits who were not willing to die that day. <laughs> and go the rabbits, you know. <laughs> but yeah, we'll call that the end of this week's episode. So I do hope you've learned something this week, something that you didn't know before prior to the week today listening to this show <laughs> um hopefully i haven't confused you and you've kept up with what i've been talking about but i, I don't know like if you're watching this on youtube please drop some comments down below down below <laughs> and let me know what you're thinking man i can only be as good as my weakest link which is myself, so I can always get better. Um, and yeah, we. I, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've learned something, as I've, I think I've repeated prior to this. Maybe this is the second time of me saying it. I hope you've learned something. Now that's the third time I've said it. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, uh, I've yeah yeah man keep these positive energies <laughs> and positive vibes going throughout the week um smile um when you can if you're smile when you're not feeling happy so that it forces yourself to be happy um <laughs> and i don't mean that mis malicious mal maliciously i mean it in the sense of smiling makes you happy so try it um but yeah if you don't want to smile don't smile i can't force you i'm just one man my opinion means nothing so take it or leave it but yeah so we'll call this the end hopefully hopefully you like my funky shirt if you're watching at home um but if you've enjoyed this episode Stay tuned for next week when I talk about another subject, which I haven't right now decided on, but I'm sure the idea of what I will want to talk about will come to me during this week. Usually around Monday, Tuesday, I'm looking into something random and I come up with a topic and I'm like, oh yeah, this would be interesting to talk more about. But yeah, so we've come to the end. Hope you've enjoyed and i'll leave it there because i'm just rambling now um thank you for listening <laughs> and goodbye